everyone, welcome to Trust the Trail. We're your outdoor guides, Ariane Petrucci and Scott Jans. This is episode 150. Will the outdoors be the new normal? On this episode, we talk about a new normal. Will the outdoors now be the new populist movement? Are we facing a herd of newbies hitting the trail without an awareness of our impacts or leave no trace values? And how do we go about educating them? We celebrate Earth Day's 50th anniversary and our 150th episode in discussing our part to play in the outdoors becoming the new normal. Get talking about this topic. Just join in on this discussion on our Facebook group page. Just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash trust the trail podcast and get talking about this topic. Come hang out with us and be part of our community. Absolutely. (laughs) So big news, Ariane, Georgia, the state of Georgia is opening up a few businesses on Friday. Yes. I'm pretty excited. Tattoo parlors and bowling alleys. I think haircut. Haircuts and nail salons. (laughs) The big top priority. And, businesses we're talking and here. it's quite the buzz in the country. Yes, it is. So, um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do first. Um, I'm pretty stoked. I mean, the, the what's weighing on my conscience is this. Do I get a tattoo or do I bowl, you know, 10 frames? I mean, it's, it's a huge, huge decision <laughs> I have to make. Let's see which one he chooses. Uh, Next think, podcast. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm going to get a tattoo of a bowling alley. Oh boy. I think I'll do a two for one. Um, the, the thing that concerns me, though, is the uh, the barber. You know, because, you know, I have a beard once in a while. I like it trimmed. Um, that's going to be hard to do, uh, keeping six feet away. <laughs> <laughs> if the barber has got a huge razor and is standing six feet away from me, I'm not going in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's you can just something. see this playing out. Yeah, this is when things go wrong. Yeah, you know, hundred yeah. hundred first failures of reopening. So uh, um, we have a lot to say about this in general, but we got some. This is kind of evolving into our topic a little bit. Is kind of a reopening scenario that we're facing. Yeah, and luckily, um, hopefully, uh, the country won't. Um, follow Georgia <laughs> in their decision to open up tattoo parlors and bowling alleys. Because, you know, that's kind of what I do after like a pandemic virus. Uh, I think that's the first place I want to go visit. I want to go visit a place where they spray something in the shoes. I don't know what it is. No one ever looks at the can. They just spray it in the shoe. And then put my fingers in another place where hundreds of thousands of other fingers have been in. Thus, the flock to the outdoors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not really sure. And then you know, and then go bowling. So anyway, we're pretty excited that, uh, um, and and a bit uh, frightened that Georgia is uh, is attempting to open up a few places on Friday. So that's kind of the big news. So we have some announcements also first before we get into the meat of the podcast, uh, which is uh, kind of, we think it's going to be a pretty important topic and definitely something that I think a lot of outdoor people are going to face. Um, But a few announcements first. Um, First of all, thank you, Patreon members and our Facebook community for 
taking part in our poll. Uh, the poll that we put out in Patreon, of course, patrons always get first dibs on everything, but the Patreon community was asked, we're trying to save the 2020 uh, backpacking season for Ariana and myself as far as guiding trips, where we would like to take you guys on. And, um, of course, that's been kind of a bust. So we're looking into the fall, and so we asked our Patreons and our Facebook uh, community where would you like to go in the fall? And based on what we could do and put trips together, uh, we asked uh, Isle Royale, Grand Canyon, the Badlands National Park. We have some great trips planned uh, in uh, 2021 in uh, Arizona, Sycamore Wilderness Canyon, uh, things like that. And the consensus was, hey, let's go to Isle Royale uh, in Michigan. Yeah. Um, By a long shot. By a long shot, one because it's an island, and I'm I'm almost positive the coronavirus is not there. I don't think moose can contract it. <laughs> no, and and it's an island. Nobody goes there in the winter time. It's only research right, right, people. Right, 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 right. You know, um, and uh, so it's probably pretty safe. But the thing is, Michigan is is kind of a mess right now. So that was the general consensus of let's go to I Royale in in the fall. Okay, so we're all up for that. But here's the thing. Michigan may open up kind of slow because they've been hit pretty hard with it. And apparently the governor has stopped the people in Michigan from buying grass seed. So um, we don't know how that's going to play out. It sounds like Michigan's going to be a little bit slower <laughs> opening up than other states. Uh, we contacted iRoyale. The visitor center has posted that they're not even going to think about opening up until the middle of June. And so, by by when you know by the time that happens, we well the island there's not going to be any traffic flow to the island until June fourteenth. Right. right, the middle of June. Right, correct. So we're not really sure how that's going to play. If the Ranger Three is going to be full load, partial load, going out there. So bear with us. We're going to try to go, and um, but but bear with us. We may have to put that out there, let people book it, um, you know, free, and try to get uh, try to get that going first, so we can plan it better. We'd go to the, we try to do the Grand Canyon in the fall also, but we have to trek across the country. Grand Canyon and I Royal Royal are not next door to each other, so it's a little bit of a logistical issue. To get down there. So we have made a decision that the Grand Canyon trip is going to be May 2021, barring any pandemics. Oh, Lord, I hope not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what we're going to do. And then we've got a full calendar for 2021. Um, and that's just, you know, that's just the way it is. But I think we can salvage fall. And I think if we're going to do Michigan, we'll stay up there like we did uh, last year for the whole month and really put some cool trips together for a lot of different people. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll see how that, that plays out. The other thing that we want to talk about, too, is... Um, so right now, um, this is the best time to buy outdoor gear. We've seen some incredible sales out, out there lately. I've been kind of scoping some of the online uh, sites, and everyone has inventory for their spring 2020 season. All the stores are closed. Yeah. So th these these online merchants, like REI, like Moose Jaw, 
um, like Camp Saver, they, they have an incredible amount of inventory. So if you're looking to buy gear, you guys, this is the best time to do it. So I've been using the Backpacker Store. As you know, that's our site. That, that's our that's site for us. And I've been putting in pieces of gear in the search engine and comparing prices. Um, and so I did a gear review today on the REI, um, the new REI tent that is just uh, amazing. It's the REI Flash. It's an ultralight tent. They have a one-person tent. It's on sale for $186. Wow. <laughs> so wow. I did a gear review to that on our podcast called Trust the Trail Gear Talk. And so I've, I've been I've been doing that. That's on our page. That's for our patrons. And we'll talk a little bit about how you can get that now too. Um, but I've been looking around prices, and I just cannot believe the sales that are going on. So you guys, this is a good time to stock gear and to look gear to be ready for the fall season, or just to kind of update your gear. Ariana and I have some updating to do ourselves, and you know we 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 can't are like we are just waiting to pull the trigger on some of this gear because it's so cheap. One of them is that tent. So check out uh, Trust the Trail Gear Talk, which is now available on a specific app called Breaker. And what Breaker is, it's a kind of a social media app for podcasts. And uh, it's really cool. Trust the Trail Gear Talk is only on the Breaker app. And it's an iOS app. You can uh, you can go to a desktop version, but it's really an app, and it's a podcatcher. So you can listen to your, all your favorite podcasts on that app. Now, Trust Trail Gear Talk is for Patreons. Now, here's the thing: it's you have to be a five dollar tier member on Patreons to get four episodes of the Trust the Trail Gear Talk. But on Breaker. It's, um, it's a little bit more expensive because of the fees that are involved with putting in there. So you can download that podcast for buck ninety nine, And so all you have to do is download Breaker app, search for Trust the Trail Gear Talk. You'll see Trust the Trail podcast. Those are all free. But Trust the Trail Gear Talk is a buck ninety nine. And um, for those people who don't want to listen to all the episodes or pick and choose which episodes they want to listen to and not be a Patreon member, that might be a really good gig for you guys. So that is on Breaker. So um, one of the things that uh, Ariane and I noticed living in Georgia, living in the Tattoo Bowling Alley state. <laughs> this is what Georgia is now known as. Is, is all of our state parks have been open the whole time. They, they never closed. PSA announcement complete. <laughs> And so episode rolling now. And so the the North Georgia state parks have all been open. The problem is all the northern Georgia state parks, the nice ones, are in the Chattahoochee National Forest that is governed by the feds. Well, the Chattahoochee National Forest is closed. <laughs> they closed all the gates. You can't go back on the on uh, any of the, the um, Forest Service roads. They're all closed. So we have one favorite campground that is managed by the Federal Service that we cannot go to. And literally on the other side of the wilderness area or the National Forest is Vogel State Park, which is open. Right. But when you go to Vogel State Park and you go want to hike one of the National Forest trails, they have gates there saying it's closed. 
So it's been really confusing for a lot of people, especially the people that want to hike the Appalachian Trail. They don't know it's open. They don't know it's closed. It's, it's kind of confusing. But we do know this, that when it's nice on the weekend, our state parks are flooded yep. with people. And it's been going on for a while. The, people have, did not get the stay-at-home memo <laughs> because it's flooded. In fact, we have seen record numbers of cars and people that have flooded our state parks, which leads us into the meat and potatoes of this podcast. Well, a huge, a huge percentage of these people flooding our parks are first timers or people that are so antsy to get outside but can't do so within the city limits so they're flooding they're flooding different terrains now and a lot of these are either first timers or don't have a, like an don't have a healthy respect already I would say for the for the outdoors and so you have a lot of people that are completely unaware of the trail systems um, trail etiquette is just lacking at an extremely high degree. Uh, they don't understand the impacts. They don't understand how to interact with wildlife. Like there's a lot of components here that are kind of concerning and and leading towards this topic that we're talking about. Yeah, well, specifically some of the really um, concerning videos that we've seen is that if you can't understand a pandemic and how important it is to stay six feet apart, um, the videos I've watched are literally cars, rows of cars, rows of cars on these mountain roads. And the the Department of Natural Resources, the DNR, has had to go into these state parks and separate people. Yeah. You know, like they don't have enough to worry about themselves. And now they're separating people, telling people, hey, by the way, uh, there's a little thing called the pandemic going around. Uh, maybe you may not want to be hugging that person, that stranger right now. So they've had to separate people. And so we and we have seen this big time, and we've talked a little bit about it on our podcast before, but we think that we are going to see a surge of people coming out that are being, as I like to say, released from prison um, into the national forest and to the state parks. Now, Texas just opened up their state parks. Florida has opened up beaches. And, and what did we see the first day of Florida beaches were open? Massive amounts of people right. with their coolers of Bud Light. So we, we thought that this would be a really good time to talk about, um, you know, the influx of the herd coming in to a campground near you. <laughs> it reminds me a little bit of, um, uh, have you ever seen the Woodstock documentary? We, we watched this, Scott and I watched this a little while back ago, and um, it was it was really eye-opening to see what they had anticipated and then what it became. And just from a crowd standpoint and this number, it kind of feels like, and we're the country is opening in stages, of course, but as we continue to open stages, it's it's going to continue throughout the year. And you're going to see these large, massive crowds just like hoarding one one concentrated area. We've already seen it. Right. And this is with the lockdown. Right. <laughs> so 
So we think Once that Once we get released. <laughs> yeah, we we definitely think that this is this is going to be a big issue and what do we do about it if anything? Can we help people? Can we educate people? And how do we do that? It does leave no trace need to start doing PSA announcements on TV. Uh, yeah, they should and they should start doing it now. Um, and who what's the funding for that? Who who gets them to go do it? Uh, I, I think it's it's I think if it's an issue now, it's going to be a big issue. Uh, I mean, and, and of course, we could be completely wrong. Everyone in Georgia may say, screw the state park. I'm going bowling. Right. <laughs> you know, and I'm getting a tattoo bowling right after open. I bowl my 36. You know, okay. so, you know, that, that could be. But I don't think that has been the case so far. That's not what we have seen in evidence so far uh, being the being. You know, really the only state that has the, I mean, let's face it, we are the trailhead for one of the most popular national national scenic trails on the planet. We're there. We're the trailhead. So we, we see what's going on uh, with it. And uh, we just see the amount of people just in Facebook groups alone saying, I cannot wait to get out there. I really, truly believe you'll see even more people on the Appalachian Trail when the Chattahoochee National Forest opens up than you see during a regular spring season with people through hiking the trail. I That's how many people I think fled to that trail. Yeah, I think what's I think another aspect of what's happening is is that we're realizing that we have an interest in the outdoors. And before we could just walk out of our door, take a walk, or we could go out our front door and collect in some like outdoor area, whether it's a restaurant or, um, you know, the local, the local parks or a venue that is, you know, gathering people together, whether it be a concert, outdoor concert or whatever, you know, we're on the cusp of, really beautiful weather more in the Southern region. And I think people have always gotten their outdoor fix in one way or another through these socialized venues. And now that we've taken that away, I think it's like stirring this need in people to kind of reconnect to the outdoors and the fresh air and this space that's more open than they're they're inside their homes. And whether they realize it or not, I think that there's going to be some kind of lingering impacts of wanting to get outside and experience nature. We're, we're hitting summer months. The kids have been cooped up. They've been and learning not, at home. And they're not going back to school, apparently. <laughs> so, I mean, schools are always shut for the summer. And so I think we're going to see that people have stirred an interest that they didn't know existed, or maybe they're not even like realizing or connecting to directly. But that is also going to bring an additional influx on top of just the stir craziness um, that's going to last more than just the release of the pandemic. It's going to go even long, more long-term and the education has to be right there along with it long-term as well. Yeah. And so we having a conversation with a, a few other people and kind of bantering back and forth, the question or, or the statement was, yeah, but these people are going to be going back to work. Everyone's going to be going back to their jobs, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, I don't think so. Not right away anyway. And let's look at that. They've extended unemployment. They've extended a lot of benefits. And some of these companies that 
uh, people were working for not only may not open up ever again, but when they do, they're not going to be able to take a full staff like they did before. So the thing I see um, coming down the pike is that, okay, I'm not working. I'm collecting unemployment. I can, you know, safely survive. What am I going to do? Oh, I know. I'm going to go camping. Multiply that by, you know, 20 million people. <laughs> and so I think that could be the new norm. I, I do believe that we're going to see things that are all of a sudden going to pop up, not only because we just went through and are going through a pandemic where your worst enemy was being, you know, living in you know, a crowded metropolitan area. And not only, you know, were you forced to, to have to be around people, possibly, but you're going to see this, this, this new appreciation for being out the outdoors. Now, one of the things the outdoors kind of, kind of um, promotes is a natural way to social distance. Well, I can go out in the wilderness by myself. Yes, maybe if a thousand other people don't have the same idea that you have. And so I, I think we're going to see this. Which is we, what we have been seeing backfire on our, you know, on our state parks. Right. That's exactly what we've seen. In hey. which they've reduced the payroll already. <laughs> and they've said, we have to minimize your hours and the impacts and this, that, and the other. And now all of a sudden we are inundated and not prepared for this kind of scenario. Right. And yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Much less the control or education that comes with it. So. Well, and I, and I think that's the big thing. I, I think that what what's going to happen is that you're going to have these people just bombard these areas, and and the the kind of the this, oh, I I have to be careful how I say this, but I think one of the things that we see is the opposite effect right now being Earth Day is that our planet is saying, oh God, thank God you're staying home. <laughs> You know, I Jesus, need a little breathing I space. Made, I needed a break, <laughs> and so you're, you're starting to see, like, you know, we were we were just watching a story uh, tonight um, that's saying, you know, the you know creeks and rivers and pollution, it's all going way down for the first time ever. Um, you're able to see the bottom in of Venice, the 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 rivers in in Venice. You, you're able to see the bottom of it because that's so that's so clear, and so on Earth Day, the Earth is going, oh God. Thank you. But Mother Nature beware, because I think when things are going to open up again, we're going to say, wow, thank you so much. I really appreciate you. I'm going to go trample all over you now. And yeah. it's going yeah. to be uh, it's going to be polar opposite. Um, and so we have to really kind of think about, you know, can um, you know what? Can we help? Can we, you know, what what's our role? What what can we do? I think we're some of us um, that are outdoor enthusiasts that have been um, ex exploring the outdoors for a long time. I think we may have to have a new level of patience. Yeah, I I, I think patience is uh, is an understatement. Possibly. I now, this is all possible. We're not saying it's going to happen. I we have a good feeling it is only based on what we've seen in Georgia. And how people are rushing outdoors, and that's under quarantine. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's under a stay-at-home order. People are like, 
yeah, but the parks are open. Well, yeah, you know, everyone needs their exercise. Okay, good. Let's herd. Let's, let's bombard the parks. But I think it is a concern for, for us and for others to, to really kind of, you know, if we see somebody throwing, you know, like a gum wrapper, which we see that now, you know, let's face it, we see that now. But I think it's, we're even going to have more patience by saying, hey, you know, that's not kind of how the outdoor community works. That's actually a, that's a big topic that you bring up because I do think that we have responsibility um, and somehow offering that message out. But that's always been a very challenging thing for people to know how to navigate because you are unaware how to approach that scenario, who you're talking to. You have a complete stranger um, or and I think a lot of people take a very passive approach at it and uh, just do their part to clean up by themselves, which I can understand as well. I do think that Leave No Trace has very big britches to fill in this case. I think that they have a, a major responsibility. I think it goes beyond waiting for things to open up. Now, they are doing what they can at this time, but this is nationwide, you yeah, know? Oh, so, well, and, and I, you, you bring up a good point as far as being nationwide. So the thing is, you know, California and the Pacific Crest Trail, they're not going to open, um, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're a huge population base. So they may not open like the rest of the country. So they, it, it really could be, we may have sections of the Appalachian Trail that are open and sections that aren't where the Pacific Crest Trail is not open at all. So you you may see, see sections that are open, sections that aren't open, open. And my concern is, you know, some of the hot spots and the breathtaking view sections and the Instagram sections and, you know, blah, blah, blah. You multiply that by all those people that have seen it but have never been on the trail, that section is open. And now you have even a smaller area with a larger crowd going to, which is going to create a larger impact. Now, we kind of saw this in a national park, and I don't want to say who it is, on one of our guided trips when they made a decision to do a first-come, first-serve um, gig. And... We saw people abusing the first come, first serve gig. And what happened? Well, they opened up a section for camping and that section became overcrowded with people. It was super crowded because of that that specific policy. And so I, I, I see kind of the same thing happening in certain trail sections and other areas, not other national forests that, um, that cross the state borders, Things like, like Cahuttas, you know, Tennessee's closed, Georgia's open. I can go hike in the Cahuttas in Georgia, can't cross this border into Tennessee because that's closed. So it's going to be tricky. And I hope that we all kind of like look at that and say, look, okay, normally in that square mile radius, you know, this many people visit this area at, at any point in time. Now, this is the only area that's open. <laughs> So there's you know. far greater impact and quicker, which really impacts 
it really impacts the, the integrity of our trail system. If Leave No Trace doesn't want a higher impact in some of these areas, and they really, I feel, they need to get out and they need to start doing some... They, they need to hit the trail community. They need to get, get really involved with uh, the Pacific Crest Trail Association, the Appalachian Trail Conservancy, and they really need to push the keep off the trail until and you and then pick up after yourself and then practice leave no trace because i really do feel it you know for for a lot of people that have been cooped up um and you know new york's not letting out until may right so you're gonna have all these people wanting to get out and they're not gonna have jobs possibly so i think this is the this is the time to start becoming you know aware of what that situation could be in the next month well here's how i i feel um leave no trace needs and and all educators of protecting our trail systems in general need to take a very like simplistic dumb it down approach something that's like very fun something that can like perform an engagement back to the trail system somehow some way because you have captured the audience of entire nation through this pandemic and everybody is like waiting on edge for like any information that can come forth and the more information that passes through their fingertips now while they're captive is like the integral time to be able to like get that information out it goes so in depth it's 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 bigger than just the seven leave no trace principles it's educating people just general awareness i you've got one of the biggest things that we're facing right now is there is a relative I don't think I'm I don't think I'm stepping over boundaries and saying there's a lot of ignorance on the trails right now and that's just that's just based off of a larger number of people without a general respect or general interest or like flooding our our systems and I'm grateful to see that on one realm I'm very grateful to see that there's like this stirred interest in the outdoors like it right. seems very genuine to me, and I actually am like, I'm like, on in one hand, I'm like, go get them, like, right. like, right. good Absolutely. for you, yeah. get out there, explore, and on the other consensus, I'm like, nervous of the greater impact it's going to have long term. You think about just the, but, the 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 stress on our first responders, or the less education you have, the less preparedness you have, you have even more people in need of assistance. And it's not its not there. It's not going to remain there long-term. You have a higher... I mean, it's just basic mathematics. So what you're really saying is it's almost like being Kevin Bacon in Animal House when the parade was crushing the street and he was yelling, remain calm. <laughs> Everything's going to be okay. Remain calm. But they trample him. Right. They trample him. He ends up flat. And I think that's oh, kind of really... The, I've got to watch this. I mean, I've seen it before, but I haven't seen it in a long yeah, time. Yeah, and by the way, when you said we have to dummy it down, why'd you look at me? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, but I think that's Behind the... Behind the scenes. <laughs> I think that's the, the gig. It's like, we want people to go out there, absolutely. But, you know, on the other hand, too, I'm not so sure I want to be the gatekeeper at Woodstock. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know if I want to be the person opening up the gate and standing there um, because not everybody that wanted to listen to music was there to listen to music. And I think that's the thing with the outdoors is that 
that's great to that everyone's going to go out in the outdoors. And I think there will be a huge influx of outdoors. But not everybody is going out there to think, I need to make sure that the outdoors is clean or good for the next person that comes behind me. But the consequences go... Which is what about Leave No Trace is really about. Exactly. Exactly. And the, and the, and the consequences don't just linger for four months after a pandemic. Like it, it, it has lasting impacts on our, our systems and on our parks and the education that we can offer. I mean, parks have lost funding, major funding by like not being open. And so you're seeing like these huge impacts that directly impact us. And you've got people traveling roads that they're going to get lost on. They don't. You know, they don't know where they're going. Almost, or, yeah, almost for sure, we'll see a Tesla. <laughs> we'll see a Tesla on uh, one of the forest roads or some kind of car that definitely shouldn't be on there. And then you've got like a very viable concern is like the disturbance of wildlife, and that impact can go very large scale. And so, I, I don't know. I get kind of like, I get worked up about this like thought, but I also think at the same time like it's it's a responsibility of us. And it's a responsibility of all educators out there to find a way to mitigate that somehow. Well, I, I think it's just going to be a, a grin and bear it uh, type situation. And I think we're going to have to, you know, I, th- I, I think if, um, you know, some of the trail associations were, were thinking ahead of the curve, I'd probably start putting out a lot more uh, trail maintenance, get more volunteers. Um, you know, really do a big um, marketing campaign and, you know, be a volunteer for that section of the trail, um, like the Ridge Runners are mm-hmm. um, on uh, the south end of the Appalachian Trail. But really, you know, quite frankly, that's going to have to be up. That's You're going to have to have a lot more people volunteering off the trail just to educate. You know, I remember... 2003, when I hiked the Appalachian Trail, when I got up to Springer, the first person I met was a ridge runner, and he gave me the whole speech on bear safety, leave no trace. He sat on the rock. I felt like I was in a Lord of Rings movie, you know. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I felt like he was the gatekeeper of the trail, and he sat me down. And he goes, "Do you know about bears?" I go, "I do know about bears," you know, but I was so young and. So green and naive and so excited. I, I listened to everything he said. But but I think that's going to be, I think that could be one of the things that we could do is, you know, put some people in these hot spots in the more popular sections of both the Pacific Crest Trail and the Appalachian Trail. And, you know, that those are both national scenic trails. And so they're a little bit easier to do that. But some of the other trails, especially the national forests, where I see a lot of um, camping, day camping, day hiking, you know, weekend warriors going out, and um, which is great, which is great. But I, I see that being impacted a lot more. Um, but, it, you know, I, I see a huge influx in everything. So I think it's kind of important to try to, you know, um, Get some volunteers and try to do the best we can. I, I think Leave No Trace has a big part. I think some of these national trail associations have a big part. I think the national forests um, and their uh, response to the Department of Natural Resources, I think they have a big part. And hopefully everyone will step up a little bit and say, hey, guys, you know, we can't handle a thousand people today. You know, we need, you need to back off a little bit. And that might happen 
naturally because of the social distancing thing anyway. But I don't see a ranger standing in front of a forest road at the gate allowing only six cars on. <laughs> I just don't see that happening. That would be great if it did, but I don't realistically, I'm not backing up. It's not a forest road. Right. We could petition to Mother Nature. Hey, give us the nastiest weather season you've had in years. I I don't think we could handle that. <laughs> Bring <laughs> quite, it. Quite frankly, <laughs> I'm not going to ask for that. I, you I'm know. just throwing it out as a viable option on the table. Yeah. You know, she'd say, yeah, you know, the dinosaurs asked for the same thing. I gave them a cold winter. So I'm not, I'm not going to be asking for any kind of inclement weather. And by the way, we've had such a beautiful spring it's in been Georgia. Gorgeous. It's been a killer not to go, man. It, it really it really has. So what do you guys think about this? Do you think there's going to be an influx of in a mass hysteria to get outside and to go camping and hit the trail? Do you think everyone's at the gate waiting to trampede the gatekeeper or, and push through? Or I'd say, will... The opposite idea is, is will we all forget about nature or will the majority of the masses forget about nature when they have something a little bit closer to obtain their outdoor fixing? Well, I'm betting they crashed the gate, but <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'd love to know what you guys have to say. This post will be on our Facebook group community. So join in in the discussion. We'd love to hear your response don't forget to check out the backpackerstore.com there's a bunch of gear deals on that right now so take a look the power is in the search thank you guys so much for listening if you enjoy this podcast please post a comment on apple Podcasts or any of the other podcatchers they like comments they like people interacting with the podcast it helps get our podcast out a little bit shout outs to our lovely and amazing facebook members and of course our patrons who really help support the podcast Ted Jones, Dave Boyer, John Phillips, Rick Hornick, Jerry Burlstein, Shirley Nutt, Jerry Brucia, Suzanne Johnson, Brad Wolf, Helene, Mike Pellet, Jacqueline, Danny Bowen, Jack Masters, Amy Tappendorf, Jeff Nyman, Kathy Kennison, Bob Esser, Matthew Creecroft, and our newest Patreon, Vicki Thomason. Thank you, Vicki, for joining our Patreon community. Trust Trail Pod. So, uh, by the way, plate, uh, Patreon is a secure platform that lets you support your favorite podcast. All you need to do is create an account and go to Trust the Trail Podcast, and as little as two dollars a month, get special benefits and exclusive content. Also, we announce if you'd like to not be a patron and you would like to get some of our Trust the Trail Gear Talk. These are. 15 to 20 minute short mini podcasts that are now available on Breaker. That is an app that you download from iOS and for iOS users. And for buck 99, you can get any of those podcasts that you want. Those are on Trust the Trail Gear Talk. You just do a search for that and you'll find it on Breaker right away. Our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, all the big ones, any of your favorite podcatchers. If we're not on one, let us know. We'll get on that one for you. You can also follow us on Instagram, Trust the Trail, and our Trust the Trail Facebook page. Remember, the trail does give you everything that you're looking for, everything that you need. So trust the trail, you guys. Bye. Bye.